podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Today is Wednesday 7th of November 2018. My name is Patrick Smith. What a weekend for the Belfast Giants. The truck keeps on rolling. Three wins across Scotland and uh, I think that's 14 wins in the last 16 games for your Belfast Giants who sit top of the Elite Ice Hockey League. We've got a lot to come in this show. We'll be talking to David Rilliford later on, ask him in your TFAs. And we've got the A View from the Ridge Player of the Month, Tyler Beskarowani, on the chat about how he felt the weekend went and how he feels about beating Blair Riley in that tight race for the A View from the Bridge Player of the Month, sponsored by Photocab. <laughs> Let's start by introducing my two good friends, Mr. David McJimsey. How are you? Not bad, Paddy. Nice to be along, as always. And um, back, he's had a couple of weekends off, a couple of sorry, a couple of weeks off, but back off the bench. Yes, here he is, Mister <laughs> Joel Neal. How are you? <laughs> I was waiting for it. Hello, boys. Did you miss me? Um, no, <laughs> D- D- David. Do you, do you want to feel that question? <laughs> Statistically did, speaking, no. Um, no, well, of course with that. But did you miss? Did you miss doing the podcast? Because I'm, I'm obviously was, was supposed to be riding the pine last week, as you were weren't supposed to be. You were oh, supposed right. to be on and other podcasts. Like, maybe um, he was doing other podcasts. I, oh, yes, it sorely. Listen, if I had the choice between talking to MPs and talking to you boys about hockey, you know where I'd rather be. Especially I, MPs, you chose to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> in the land of the giants, Davy. In the land of the oh, baby. Uh, the. Uh... <laughs> I uh, I can't believe you're doing the double. Sorry, mate. Listen, that's what happens. You teach me these skills, and I'm going to go make my own money elsewhere. Unbelievable. I'm going to find a gig that pays. Unbelievable <laughs> scenes. Unbelievable scenes. Right, before we get started, I'm going to say this very quietly, and I want everybody to keep this a big secret, because something it may transpire, but it may not transpire. I don't even think Joel knows this yet, but it may transpire, and it may not transpire. But there are negotiations going on for the possibility of an A View from the Bridge live at the Continental Cup. Now, what? it's nothing is set in stone yet. We have had... Davey, Davey's been party to early discussions. Isn't that right, David? It is, but I may not be in the country, so we... Well, um, we'll have to Skype you. We will just have to... I don't even know I'll be able to do that, but um, as I say, you know the situation. I'll, I'll either be there or I won't be. Yes, but the... <laughs> <laughs> the uh, as, as, will every, as will everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, same here, same here, mate, to be honest. <laughs> people, who, people who are there will be there, and people who won't be, won't be. The, That's uh, the kind of analysis you get on a view from the bridge. <laughs> the, uh, but yes, it's, um, if, if this transpires, and I'm not saying it will, it will be a late-night version of a view from the bridge. Oh, it wow. will be 18+. plus. It will be uh, no nudity. That's why Davy's not part of it. Be, <laughs> there'll be unfortunately we won't be allowed any kids, and it'll probably be after the game on Saturday, maybe if we get it done. So that might be mildly sweary. So if you don't like the words f- f- or 
then don't come across to the show because you're really not going to enjoy it or you might be mildly offended. It will not be recorded. It'll just be, and we'll just send Joel out being the uh, the friendly guy that he is to go maybe pick up a, a player or two and drag them up onto the stage after the game. That's what we're aiming for. That's what we're hoping for. You know, things might go wrong in, in negotiations, but hopefully, hopefully, touch wood, you may have an view from the bridge live at the Continental Cup. Stay tuned with us, and we'll uh, we'll bring you up to date on that. Shall we? Get just, sort of just... sort of like an AVFTB blue. AVFTB after dark. Do you know what? <laughs> it just saves me having the beep says. You know what I mean? <laughs> Paddy, I'm just taking some quick notes here. What uh, words might cause offence again? <laughs> Thank, thanks, man. Thanks. Okay, okay no cool. problem. No problem. Awesome. That's fine. Wind your neck. I know, Wind your neck. <laughs> uh, Hope the edit goes well tonight. <laughs> I, need, I forgot to write down what time those were at. Hold on. <laughs> Where's my pencil? Uh, inside. Bless Bless okay. <laughs> okay, let's get stuck in, boys. Um, Belfast Giants had three games on the road against Scottish opposition. And it started on Friday night against the Five Flyers. This was a top-of-the-table clash, first against second. And, well, the winner of this would go clear on top. That was your <laughs> Belfast Giants, who took a 2-1 victory at Fife Ice Arena in Kirkcaldy. Scoring was open at the end of the first period by Blair Riley, assisted by David Rutherford and Darcy Murphy. Into the second period, and that lead was doubled by our guest tonight, David Rutherford, uh, Blair Riley on the assist, along with uh, Guillaume Gillis. 2-0 to the Giants. Uh, Paul Crowder was able to pull one back for the five flyers to make it 2-1, but there was no more scoring in the game. Goalkeepers, Tyler Beskarowani with the win, 27 saves off 28 shots. Shane Owen with the loss, 25 saves off 27 shots. Your referees on the night were Toby Craig and Blake Copeland. Davey, I'll start with you in this one. This was, well, I'm not going to, spoiler alert, this was actually the biggest challenge of the weekend in the end. Yeah, it was a game that was fairly tight the whole way through the scoreline. Even suggest you know, it was have you got, have you got it, Paddy? It was a two-one game. Oh, um, oh no, <laughs> I'm, I'm never prepared anymore for these things. Well, um, it's a two-one game. We're playing great. It's <laughs> two-one game. We're playing great. And um, you know, we, we've had trouble this season with Shane Owen, and, and again, he played really well. We're just able to solve. The riddle a bit more. We crashed the net a wee bit more. We got a lot more good goal scoring opportunities. You know, the goal from Rudy where I think it's Jelly goes down the left wing. A couple of guys overskate it on purpose, crashing the net, and Rudy's the sort of trailing man. And it's a lovely cross ice pass, picks him out the back post. All that they have sort of been drawn to, drawn to the skating men, and, and, and Rudy has a sort of not an empty net to pop it into, but he's one on none with the goal, and he, he manages to find the space behind the one and, and make it 2 0. And you know, this, this was the kind of at that point, halfway through the game, you're 2-0 up. We're able to conserve a bit of energy after that. They came back into it a bit in the third period. But that's kind of kind of the way you'd want it Friday night to go. We didn't have to expend as much energy as we as we perhaps have had to in Fife in the past. And and all things being equal, you know, they're coming out of there with two points still with another two games to go, but with still a bit of gas in the tank was a good thing. Joel, Davey pointed out there the fact that Shane Owen over the last number of games, you know, we, we've lost two games to the Five Flyers this season already. That's us level on uh, two and two against them because Shane Owen has been lights out. 
yeah, look, uh, Todd Didion, whenever I chatted to him back at the start of the season, was very honest about wanting to actually keep him. You know, he said it was a shame that he went, but but uh, he would never have stood in his way of, of trying to kind of progress his career, get better opportunities, whatever. Um, but he was also clear just about how much of an impact guy Shane Owen would be on his return. To be honest, I mean, uh, he was a bit of a boomerang corner favorite last year. You know, he, he was good for a chirp. He was good fun. Um, I definitely didn't see the full extent of the potential that he's shown this year absolutely lights out and, and quite similar to Beskarwani in this game his reaction at close range is absolutely incredible um, unfortunately for, for the Fife Flyers it could be another one of those seasons where he gets a more lucrative, lucrative offer um, Fife's position in the table um, their league position right now is no fluke um, you know if you could give those bemoaning the late recruitment uh, at, at the start of the season that they did if you could give those people the foresight to see this team right now it would blow their minds um, Todd Didiam has done some shrewd business and retaining a core and recruiting quality guys late but Shane Owen coming in has been the absolute icing on that cake I don't think they would be half the team they were they are right now without him between the pipes how close Davy are these teams between oh, points wise is points wise but in regards to performance wise how close are the five flowers to the Belfast Giants um I I think that Shane Owen gives them an exaggerated sense of equality with us I think we're we're a bit deeper than them um, of just a, probably a little bit more high quality at the at the top end of the range, and, and and therefore we we go down through the depth chart a wee bit better. I just think overall, Fife will do well to maintain a top four position over the course of the season. I think that you know a couple of injuries there, especially the key players, and and Shane one is critical to them. You know we've got that added bonus of if, if Besco needs a night off or two nights off with Stephen Murphy and. Um, Andrew Dixon there sitting in the background ready to step in. I don't think Fife have that to the same extent. So I think depth-wise, we're just we're, we're probably slightly better team. One of the main, well, I say talking point, the Twitter point, um, <laughs> came in the second period, 13 minutes into the second period, and coming together between Shane Owen and David Rutherford, Joel. Yeah, look, the total overreaction. I'm sorry. Uh, this this was absolutely nothing to me. It, it seems to me, it seems to other people that I've been speaking to that just Rudy's stick seems to get caught either in his gear, under Shane Owen's arm. He's sort of trying to tug and wrestle and get it clear. You can tell from his posture, his body position, he's not a man looking to annoy the tendy or ignite the D-lines. And he's, he's kind of standing there fairly casual, just trying to release the stick. Shane Owen absolutely flies off the deep end. Total overreaction. Um, but I think it's, to be honest, it's a, a result of just the way David Rutherford played against Fife and the entire Scottish weekend. Um, I think he's found a bit, of a, a bit of a new role this season. He's developed a bit. Um, you know, he was very much uh, a hands and feet guy last year. Um, he, he loved those kind of Chris Higgins style solo efforts. He loved to to be on the end of cute passes and to try and kind of dance D-men. This year, he is an absolute rat and I love it. I am here for it. He's aggressively, aggressively screening every goaltender he sees and I think he had Shane Owen rattled just because of that um, he's floating corner to corner forcing turnovers getting in guys faces and he's absolutely winding the life out of opposition fans and you could tell by the end whenever he was given man of the match and, and went to skate off you know he was kind of pumping them up Hulk Hogan style he was absolutely loving it um, I, I can't get enough of the way Rudy's playing this year Davey, a goal and an assist for Rutherford plus this incident you know he he had got under the skin of Shane Owen as, as Joel said 
I think a lot of this was blown up on Twitter by people that one didn't see the incident and two bought into the commentator who's going, "It looks like a spear." It looks like a spear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, looks like a spear to me. Um, <laughs> he, he, he goes, he goes into the slot like any good goal scorer should. He's going hunting the blue paint, looking for a, a puck that was loose. Shane Owen clamps down on a stick, holds on the stick. Rudy's just giving it a get me my stick back, mate. And yeah. for whatever reason, Shane Owen absolutely loses her. You know, Shane Owen in that whole altercation is very, very fortunate that he didn't connect with the blocker uppercut because he mm-hmm. throws it. If he touches Rutherford at all, it's a match penalty. And if he catches Rudy bad, he's looking down at Ghana th- two, three games easily. It's very, very reckless from the goaltender considering, you know, you can see the stick the whole time. At first, I thought it was maybe between Shane Owen's legs and Rudy's giving him a bit of a tin opener on the way out there, you know, caught the eye jo- jock or something. But when you <laughs> see it slow, it looks like it's down, it's down his side and he's just he's just battling to get his, his stick free, which he's entitled to do. The whole thing is is created by Owen grabbing the stick. You know, I, I think, to, to be honest, Rudy was quite unfortunate to draw, you know, t- t- four minutes of penalties out of it. Um I don't see the slash and I don't see the rough. You know, Rudy's getting held down in that situation. I can't remember who comes in and sort of, just as he's skating away, Owen throws the uppercut and just as the guy pulls him away, you know, you're talking a matter of inches there between the, the, the blocker connecting. But aside of that, you know, he's come up with a really good goal and the pass for um, Blair Riley on the first goal is lovely. A little backhand, sort of half no look through the legs, cross crease for, for you know, leave it for Riley's just to slam in and, and give us the, the go-ahead goal, so you know, a nice, a nice weekend for. As you say as well, Davy. Uh, you know, if Owen was maybe not as hot, is that a single incident like that could spark a bit of a league freefall? You know, suddenly he's getting dopsed and he's out for a couple of games, or, or he's slammed with penalties, whatever. You know, they don't have that same depth as you rightly say, and, and something like that, you know, that could maybe be the flaw in an otherwise fantastic goaltender. The the outfall of that was, of course, sorry, the outfall. The fallout from that was, of course, it, the, the battle continued for David Rutherford, but on the social media. That's something we will no doubt come to when we speak to the man in a short period of time. The highlights from that game available on kingdomthegiants.com from Flyers TV. And we move on to Saturday. The Giants go across to West, West Scotland? Yes. North Scotland. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well done, About Patrick. About 16 miles north of Glasgow. Well well done, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Fundamental geography. Well done. Um, <laughs> to take on the Glasgow clan at the shopping centre. And it was a more straightforward affair for the Belfast Giants. A 4-1 victory. And, um, well, having missed out on the Player of the Month award, Blair Riley has started uh, November. Uh, chasing this month's award by looks of it, a goal on Friday against the Five Flyers and three, a hat-trick against the Glasgow clan in the second period in the matter of, what, 12 minutes? Goals one, two and three by Blair Riley. In the third period, a shorthanded goal from Scott Pitt gave them a little bit of light, but that was shut down by Jonathan Boxall, who was Johnny on the spot as Hunter Bishop went in, took a shot on uh, Joel Rumpel. And uh, Rumble bounced it in front of Boxhill, who buried it. 4-1, Joel Rumble with the lost 24 saves, 28 shots. Tyler Beskarwani, 34 saves, 35 shots. And your referees that night were Blake Copeland again and the mystery referee, Dandy Alden. Um, <laughs> Joel, start reviewing this one. Blair Riley, Blair Riley, Blair Riley. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, Blair Riley, of course, but just in general, uh, Blair Riley, Darcy Murphy, and David Rutherford yes. in a line just completely ran riot. They ran a rough shot over Scotland all weekend, and you know, the best part about it is they're having a lot of fun doing it. Um, that the first goal, especially, um, Darcy Murphy is a lot, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of. Uh, sorry, let me try that again. Darcy Murphy has a lot to do with that goal. He absolutely threads the needle um, mm-hmm. from almost mid ice, um, straight between the two defensemen, finds Riley at such a tight angle. And then rises his hands. You know, you can tell it's just someone that's comfortable and confident. That confidence is absolutely oozing out of him. You know, he fakes out left of Joel Rumble, and the finish is so calm for such a stunning goal. Uh, from that first goal, Rumble had his trousers down. And to be honest, I don't think the clan recovered. They were lazy. They were out of ideas. I just didn't see anything inspiring from them at all. And, and it just comes from that little extra spark, that little something that we talked about at the start of the season that you can't practice and you can't train for. It's just that swagger and that spark and that attitude. And my goodness, the Giants are playing with it right now. Davey, that first goal from Blair Riley, even I had to look over <laughs> about five or six times to see exactly how it went in. And as Joel said, it demonstrates a man oozing with confidence. Not just that, we go to the second goal, and that comes from a superb piece of leadership. Yeah, look, what a weekend. I think um, even, what, 36 minutes in the game, gets his hat check. I think Joel, on our WhatsApp group, had said, that's it, close the votes, November, player of the month is over. Um, I'm going, we'll, get, we'll get to this. I'm going down to rip the trophy off Besco and give it to Blair Riley on Monday morning kind of thing, you know. Those those kind of players, Paddy, just show he, he, over the last six weeks, you know, he, he really has stepped up a level from, you know, we talked about it, came into the season a bit cold due to, due to injury, just had to get his wheels going. And, and he, he talked on the podcast about it last week, about how, you know, he's just going to keep playing that blue-collar game. He's going to go and hit first and create space for himself and then get goal. That, that goal where he sort of gets in one-on-one on the goalie and sells him a couple of times and, and pops it in over his... Uh, over his pads and as you say the, the D-man's hoping away at the back post but fair play the referee for being a good spot there and mm-hmm. you know and then that tip that tip from that cross ice pass from I think it's a Lewis Hook maybe throws in the, the, the pass from the sort of the point across the ice it and, is, yeah, yeah, Blair, it is. Blair Riley tips it back post over the pads again you know just one driving the net two being in the right place at the right time and three as you say showing that leadership to get in there and do what he has to do the the leadership as well on that power play goal, that back tip came from a power play. Oh, you're, that... talking, you're talking, sorry. I, I missed, I totally missed that, Paddy. As to what, what, what you're, um, what, what, what I was teeing you up for, David? What you were teeing me up for. You're talking about Fitzy coming in there, Fitzy taking a penalty. Captain Fitzy on Captain in. Action. Fitzy. Wow. <laughs> this is the sort of thing you'll get from a view from the bridge late night. Uh, um, yeah, Fitzy tries to draw him in the penalty and you know, puts his puts his helmet off. Oh, jeez, it's not getting any better, is it? And uh, you know, tries to draw him in the penalty, but uh, you know, Riley knows that uh, we're going on the power play, so he, he keeps his he keeps his head. And uh, what better way to answer? to the man sitting in the penalty box and to go and pop one in on that power play. Do you know what? In the absence of Simon, sorry, Paddy, um, I, I just I feel like I need to be a little more spicy about this. Zach Fitzgerald there is an absolute goon. He picks the most ri- <laughs> he picks the most ridiculous fight, and not for the first time has he been embarrassed by that. He it, it, with, with absolutely nothing going on and with absolutely no reason for Blair Riley to drop them, as he well knows, he tries to start face washing and he makes an absolute 
of himself. Riley doesn't even react. And do you know what as well? People on Twitter afterwards, the clan fans afterwards going, uh, Riley didn't want to go with Zach Fitzgerald. Uh. Well, first of all, scoreboard. But second of all, <laughs> actually, <laughs> it's actually tougher to stand there like Blair Riley did. Oh, he didn't <laughs> he didn't even tense up. He didn't even react. Zach Fitzgerald is there rattling his cage. He's rattling his head. He's washing his face. And Riley's just standing there like, right, can we get to the face-off circle now? If you think that that's Blair Riley lapping it, you have been at your first hockey game, and I hope you had a good time. Where's the cow? Done. <laughs> <laughs> a fair point. One thing as well from that, Zach Fitzgerald gets that two-minute minor roughing penalty, Davey, in what was a game that was devoid of any penalties? Yeah, that's the best kind of game, you know. That's 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 kind of what you want. If there's if it's not an out and out Donnybrook, you just don't want to see the referees at all. And you know, credit to them for for keeping the whistles in their pocket. I suppose entertaining game to watch. Um, it was very. You know, I, you know, we're first time we've been able to watch it back. It's always a win's always more entertaining. Let's be honest. Um, I'm sure if a, a clan, is there a clan podcast? There is the Purple Army Purple podcast, Army. and there's uh, clan uh, chat. I'm sure with the two Craig um, Anderson. Who? Craig Anderson. B I H Craig. That's the man. I see he's got a promotion to uh, senior sports writer. Big congratulations. Um, Sportive regards. Sportive regards from everyone here at View from the Braves. Congratulations on that um, promotion. Um, It reminds me of the time, uh, what do you call him? Kim Jong il promoted himself to. uh, to, um... (laughs) Struggling. (laughs) (laughs) What did he promote himself to, David? To um, super president um, <laughs> of North Korea, but no, I, I, I just um, I, I'm sure if the guys at Clan TV or what call Clan po- Podcast, Purple, Purple Army Podcast, David. Purple Army Podcast, um, big listener, big fan. Um, I'm sure if they watched it back, the mic has been as entertaining. But you know, when you come away from the Shelton Center with a four-one-one, you've got to be happy. Absolutely. That was points three and four of the weekend. And the highlights of that available. Kingdomofthegiants.com from Clan TV. And Can we, we also just mention the, uh, the the Glasgow Clan obsession with atmosphere? The absolute, the absolute rattled insecurity they have about atmosphere. Look, put it this way. Whenever they hang banners for pretending you're loud, come back to me, boys. <laughs> again. Carry on. They were they were having a pop at the um at the Coventry Blaze, weren't they? That was behave yourselves. That was quite entertaining, right? The um the Giants moved on. It was sort of a zigzag across Scotland from Fife to Glasgow, then back over to Tayside to take on Omar Pasha's Dundee Stars. Uh, the Stars themselves the previous night had taken a bit of a pound and against the Sheffield Steelers down in Sheffield, who are starting to find their feet. We'll come back to that later. Um, They had to travel all the way back up to the DIA, and when they did, they found an informed Belfast Giants who took a 6-3 victory. Scoring was open 10 minutes into the first period by, oh look, David Rutherford. (laughs) It was doubled and then trebled as the second period started. Two goals from Lewis Hook. Um, Dundee started to find their feet and Charles Corcoran uh, from Jordan County and Sean Booten was, was able to make it 3-1. But Dustin Johnner and that man again, Blair Riley, was able, was able to put the Giants out to a 5-1 lead. Um, Dundee weren't done. Jordan County and then Sean Booten were able to make it 5-3. 
But right at the death, I think they had to review it to make sure that it had gone in within the time. And timed at 1959, the empty net goal went to Kyle Bond. Um, regards to goalkeepers, Pontus Jorgen uh, with the loss, 22 saves on 27 shots. Tyler Beskarowani, three wins in three nights, 27 saves on 30 shots. Your referees on the night were Toby Craig and the best referee from the Northeast, Mr. Stephen Brown. Um, he's definitely the best referee from the Northeast. His mum told me. Uh, <laughs> true fact. Um, Davey. Our last trip to the DIA wasn't so fruitful. Um, I did say last week how, you know, the, the Dundee Stars weren't that far away from getting the win. You know, they'd had like up until last weekend, they'd had the five overtimes <coughs> and won one of them, but they were they were getting there. They weren't at the races in this game. I sigh there, Paddy, because... Obviously, we'll have a friend there in a more passion yes. and a feel for him. I don't really like any other hockey team, so I don't, I don't really care if they you know win or lose, draw. It's it's all about the Belfast Giants. But whenever someone who you you're, you you like is under the pump here, you can't help feel sorry for them. And the game, obviously, off the trip, I think that they get beat four 0 for one yeah, something the previous night um, down in Sheffield, and they've they've got a big run up the road there. It was probably a bit depressing on the bus, very quiet and. And they've got to go back to work and they come against the Belfast Giants team who are on a roll. And, you know, we steamrolled them that first part of the game. And I think that the scoreline is 6-3 is, is, is an element of flattery in that because the Giants were able to completely take their foot off the gas for me. And certainly in the last 20 minutes, you know, the job was done after 20. I was a little surprised to not see Sheephead, uh, Craig Holland, getting a, yep. a, a bit of a run after half an hour and, and, and five goals in it. But... Um, you know, we did everything we had to do. Lewis Hook almost poaches himself a hat trick that last shift. Their last couple of shifts were, you know, Pat Dwyer and, and Kyle Bowen. And I think it was um, Curtis Leonard was out on the ice as well. I think they were all trying to feed Hookie to get him the empty net goal. And Hook had a couple of opportunities. He just couldn't just couldn't get the, a shooting lane to get a, a shot away. I've been fantastic for him. I, I think that, you know... It, says a lot about a couple of guys but you know for Hookies I think it's Hook's second goal perhaps where I think it's Dwyer goes down the, the right wing and I think it was you know two toe drags for the price of one Dwyer with an amazing toe drag yeah so back um and, and Bonner just with a little drop pass and Hook with another toe drag and slams it past past the goalie and it was one of those it was a really really nice performance Belfast Giant interjected that lovely fight with Swindlehurst, which we'll come on to, no doubt. But um, all in all, it was a really, really professional road performance where we got out quick what we wanted to do, that foot on throat business, you know, that uh, TV's Neil Coach Russell would talk about. We got out, we got an early lead, and we just never took the foot off until, you know, we'd, we'd made sure we'd, we'd really made it de- uh, a dead fixture. David, before we come into Joel, the you, you mentioned his name there, and probably something I should have said earlier in the show was the fact this weekend saw Jim Vandermeer and Patrick Dwyer return to the Belfast Giants lineup, having been out for a number of weeks. That's the guts of a thousand NHL games. What difference did those two guys make over the course of the weekend? <laughs> Vandy shown his two-way skills, playing on yeah, front a little bit front. as well, and in, in the face-off circle, you know, um, Vandy brings a real calmness. Uh, 
and, and I guess to an extent, so does Dwyer. Dwyer is just so difficult to knock off the puck. He just the yeah. tight turns, good skater, unbelievable hands, really sick hands. And, you know, the, the two of them bring that experience, that veteran leadership. You know, I know it's corny to say that because they are veterans and, the, and they've played in the show and they've played a lot in the show, you know. So these guys come from the very best league in the world with years and years of experience and they come to somewhere like this and they can be calm because they it's something that they've learned through their whole career. They they bring to me just that element of don't worry boys, next shift, go again. And uh you know, Vandy's a rules royce. He, he, he goes up there to me in the in the Elfie bracket of just, you know, everything that happens. He tells other people where to be on the ice apart from being in the right place himself. You know, he makes the players around him better and, and Pat Dwyer, you only need to look at his numbers to see that Pat Dwyer makes the players that are on the ice with him better and subsequently the players that watch become better players well. So those two guys were big misses. Vandy obviously out for, for several more weeks than uh, than Pat Dwyer was, but Pat Dwyer certainly brings a new dimension again back to the forward line. I can't remember if it's Hook's first goal or second goal. Dwyer assisted on both of them, but if one of them, Dwyer had the presence of mind to see the shot coming in and basically jump over the shot before it hit the, that's, uh, hit the back that's of the That's the net. one I was talking about. Yeah. It's Dwyer that goes down the right wing, does the toe drag, and then goes to drive the net. Yeah. And when Hookie's taking the shot, it would make a fantastic little boring, boring gif. <laughs> uh, I'd have to get into that later on. <laughs> uh, Joel, you're taking the game. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I was sitting in the uh, I'm a terrible person I was sitting in the corner of my granny and granda's house it's both of their birthdays on the same day and it's also their wedding anniversary my granda was 80 the whole family was in there and I was in the corner with the laptop uh, in front of me watching the game but uh, if you give me the day all over again I would do the same thing so the the story of the game for me uh, was Lewis Hook I'm, I'm so buzzed to see Lewis Hook have a great road trip Um the I put this to Adam Keefe in probably one of the most fun post-game interviews I've ever, I've ever done on, on the bus back after um, with the team sitting in the background having sing-alongs and having a great time. Um, but, you know, there, there's that... Uh, it's tough to call it a positive, but there's that kind of side effect of guys uh, sitting out games, guys missing games through injury and the lineup being shuffled a little where it gives other people the ice time and the stage and the opportunity to to prove themselves and to be a clutch player. And for me, that was Lewis Hook all weekend. You know, he took that form from the clan um, straight into Dundee uh, and, and with just the, the most... Uh, the most well-deserved two goals I think I've seen this season. And it's not the first time that Hook has been that guy. Um, what a fantastic pickup that he's proven to be. But as you say, you know, you, you've got that veteran leadership in Vandermeer and, and in, in Dwyer coming back in. Um, the other thing as well for me is just how... Uh, that calmness that you just, that you talked about there, that seems to spread, um, especially throughout our D-lines. I think that's been the way all weekend long. And it's even been on the par play, if we're on the kill. Guys like Curtis Leonard uh, and, and even the man himself, Kevin Rain, there's a real calmness and a real authority with the way they're playing the game. And you have to believe that that's Jim Vandermeer's kind of guiding hand. But as you say, look, um, Adam Keefe's mantra and the team's mantra for, for this entire road stretch and for this 3-3 three and three was to find a way. And they absolutely did that Friday and Saturday. And just left the stage on Sunday for them to not have to burn all of their gas and, and to let those other guys step up and do their thing um, couldn't have been a better close to the weekend that interview you can find on soundcloud.com for slash AVFTB it's, it's excellent it's quite funny at the end and um, 
and the rinsing that uh, Joel got on Twitter from Blair Rowley afterwards <laughs> was equally as entertaining. Davey, yeah, you mentioned it earlier on, that Paul Swindlehurst. Again, a pretty disciplined performance from the Giants up until Swindlehurst fighting major in the third. They'd only taken a two-minute uh, holding the stick from Lewis Hook. Um, but a bit of a come together, Chris Inglis. Swindlehurst gets five minute, minutes. Inglis gets two plus five plus ten. Yeah, and before we come on the fight, I think across the whole weekend, the Giants' discipline was outstanding. Yep. You talked about Friday night and five, very few penalties. Saturday night, we've already talked about Blair Riley, Fitzgerald's situation, and Sunday night, obviously, just the one holding the stick penalty against Lewis Hook. But look, I was talking to, uh, when you will come on to the fight, I was talking to Passion Sunday morning briefly about, you know, I think the coaches need to, players would uh, need to go and, and have a chat with Michael Hicks stroke the, the referee situation to hire we're just enforcing this instigator penalty because for me lovely clean hit by um, Swinney the, the D-man Ingles you say uh, Chris Ingles takes exception to it comes down challenges him two willing combatants drop the gloves and get at it done five minutes each yeah. um you know, I don't think you can give a two-minute instigator without the 10, so it has to be 2 plus 10 plus 5. Lucky enough for them, that's almost at the end of the game. That that also killed them because they lose Chris Ingle for the rest of the game. But you know, 17 minutes, it's basically a period for fighting now. I, I'd be very interested, and I'll, I'll do it sometime, I've got a wee bit more time, is see the number of fights in the league this season versus the number of fights that have taken an instigator along with them. We just have to be honest with ourselves. Are we trying to drive fighting out of the game? In which case, okay, we accept that and, and we go with it, you know, with it pretty much every time there's a fight, there's going to be an instigator. But for me, the instigator penalty is to stop Swindlehurst getting jumped effectively. Chris Inglis is coming in there from nowhere, jumping him because he's not happy with the hit. But he goes down there and offers him, right? She said, I'm not happy with what. But like, um, Big Earn, what do you call him, McGratton, McGratton the Jim yeah. Vandermeer last season and the season before. Vandy lays a lovely open ice hit. McGratton comes over and says, look, I don't want you doing that to my young guys. We're going to have to get it on here. The two of them dig a big of each other. That's fair that's enough. It. That's the game. But, Play on. But that's that That was the game. So we just have to accept, are they trying to drive that out of the game? And is this the way they're driving it out? It's interesting, the, uh, as I got stuck into a chocolate brownie, because I thought you were going to keep talking, but don't worry. Well, here, I'll, while, you, while you're eating your brownie, mm. I'm not going to have to be very, very careful. That, that is not, I am not digging out the referees there. This is the way they're being told to enforce that rule. If you travel any distance, if you're not the first involved in the altercation, you know, if the guy who got hit jumped up and said, this one, you want to go, you know, even in the case last week, um, somebody drills, um, there's a Kurt Kendall McFall from behind. McFall goes after him and gets the instigator. You know, to me, the instigation's the bad hit. This is something we've yeah. talked about time and time again. It seems, you know, it, there doesn't seem to be a hard and fast rule for the instigator penalty. And that game in Manchester the last week, last week, yes, or a week mm -hmm. before, whatever it was, it had like two or three instigator penalties because as soon as one was handed out, you saw a similar incident. So another one has to be handed out. Then you saw some, and another one has to be handed out. And like you said, out of an incident where what used to be Paxton Shield Day against Mike Ware, well, in that case, one of them would end up sitting for 20 minutes, or got to 20 minutes, which is ridiculous. As soon as Inglis went to Swinney on Sunday night, I put on the WhatsApp group, there's an instigation right yep. there. There has to be an instigation call because the referees are now in a bind where they've been calling them all season for that, so they have to continue calling them until such times as a mandate put down from from Mike Hicks to say, right, we're going to have to look at this again because is that really something that somebody needs to sit out a third of the game for? Mm -hmm. 
the I do have a little bit I want to talk about with regards to the Giants' form. I'm going to come back to that because we uh, we're up against it. We have to go and talk to David Rutherford. The highlights from that game are from Stars TV, and you can see them on KingdomOfTheGiants.com. As I said, it's time to move on to the fan agenda. Brought to you by our good friends at Belfast Giants TV. And this week, a man who is on a bit like last week when we're talking to Blair Riley. This man is also on a rich vein of scoring form and um, was involved in a few entertaining incidents both on the ice and on Twitter this weekend. Uh, Mr. David Rutherford, how are you? Good, good, good. Thanks for having me, guys. No worries. Um, Great weekend. Tough weekend when you when you go to battle over in Scotland. You know, you played in Scotland, you played for Edinburgh. You know, you know what it's like to play over there, passionate fans, whatever. But when you're on a road trip, three games and three nights, to come out with six points is fantastic. Yeah, I think I think the guys we, we knew it was gonna be a, a difficult trip. Especially with the three and threes, as many as we have this uh this year. But I, I think uh when you got the first win the first night in a really tough arena to win in uh, we realized, okay, you know, if we can squeak it out in Brayhead, and then we just kind of like let the momentum keep rolling. So I think uh, hockey is a lot funner when you're winning. So right now, guys are feeling pretty good about themselves. But truthfully, I, I think we know how big of a weekend is coming up uh, with Nottingham and Cardiff now. This long road stretch that's leading into a couple of weeks to Continental Cup and then we're back on the road, how difficult is it to maintain momentum when you, you haven't got that sort of, you know, those home comforts for, for games? Well, it, it, it's kind of weird because we got to experience it a lot last year. Um, it gives you like almost a, a simpler play. Sometimes you play a little bit more fancy when you're at home, if that makes sense, where like uh, we, we've been keeping it very simple, you know, like if, if we're in a game in the third period and it's 2-2 or we're down by a couple, there's not as much pressure, say, as when you're at home. So I, I think it's been really good for our team to gel. Uh, and like, like I said, if you, we, we going into this, we talked about trying to win a certain amount of games. And right now we're, we're, we're doing a great job with it. So I, I think, like anything, when you're winning and you're, you have players that are playing unbelievable right now, our goaltending has been phenomenal. Uh, things are all going in the right direction. Um, but the the biggest thing I'd say about this group is like with all the different injuries, it's it's been really nice to see different guys step up. It's been like a next man up mentality, and uh, that's that's really a lot of credit to like recruiting a good team that's very deep with talent. And uh, I think uh, we'd like to get some bodies back sooner rather than later. But it's uh, I think that's just part of the game too. Rudy, it's your former next door neighbor here. Um, you know, a weekend like that doesn't come without its costs. I, I bumped into you down in the shop earlier, um, and I saw just that your top lip is, is pretty busted up right now. Um, could you talk us through just what happened there? Um, and then also, you know, is, is carrying knocks like that and just dealing with injury and dealing with being in pain, is that just part and parcel of a professional hockey player season? Are there a lot of guys carrying those kinds of knocks right now? Well, I, I I think there's throughout a year with so many games, there's a lot of wear and tear. Like uh, right right now, I I can't even wear teeth because my upper lip is basically from the game and pipe. I don't even think too many people saw it, but that's actually I took a high stick in the corner in the first period, uh, and believe it or not, Toby actually apologized to me for not making the call on Sunday night when we had him in Dundee. <laughs> I almost fainted because he's never apologized. For <laughs> um, and then he actually did apologize and say that I shouldn't even have had a penalty. 
uh, with that whole Owens incident. So that that was another weird weird weekend, honestly. Um, it, it's one of those things where I think you. Uh, I don't think I go into being even as ratty as I was in that fight game. If he called that penalty, I was so angry that he didn't call the penalty when I was bleeding everywhere in front of him. <laughs> that that just kind of just be honest with you, it kind of fired me up too when I went back to the bench and then all the fans are hanging over the glass chirping you and you can't understand a word they're saying. <laughs> uh, so like, like they they scream at you the whole trip in Scotland. I don't even think three words were English. So it, it's frustrating, but at the same time, it motivates you. So it was a fun trip. Rudy, let's talk about the Owen incident. We already talked about it during our, our sort of our game review and we all had our own opinions on it. And, uh, Obviously, the, the, those sort of wilder accusations of, a, of it was a spear were pretty easy to, you know, to show that it wasn't done in the replays. What's your own take on what happened there? I, well, tr- truthfully, uh, he's their best player. So if I can mm. find a way to get him off his game, I'm going to do it. He's already won games for them uh, this year. And, and for me, the whole spearing incident, he, he basically just grabbed my stick, which made a great play because I probably wasn't going to score. So it, I I don't know if it was just numerous. We were chirping him long and before that all st- started uh, with the first goal with Blair and stuff. But that that's a guy that you want to get. If he's worried about me and not tracking pucks, that's going to work in our advantage more more or less. So it's one of those things that like I think if I was them, I I wouldn't want him reacting at all to me. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it worked in our favor, and we found a way to win in a very tough environment. And uh, honestly, that was just a hockey play. He stopped the goal, but then he got mad that I tried to pull my stick out. So I, 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 it's amazing on Twitter how many people just still say you blatantly speared him. Like I'm like, am I watching a different video than everyone else? <laughs> like I just don't, I, I just don't get how you can't see that. Um, and if I'm going to spear you, you're going to know it. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. So, like, not to say I'm the cleanest player, but like when I'm dirty, I know I'm dirty. That wasn't dirty. So um, it, it it was a tough game. It was a greasy game, uh, which is to be expected every time you play and fight. I've known that through the Edinburgh Troubles. <laughs> Interesting. We, we, stick, sticking with that sort of theme, I'm going to Twitter. Uh, I've got a couple here from Twitter, and then Joel's going to take it for me. But the, um, Paddy Sloan, first of all, asks, do you get a kick out of winding up other players? He cites the Andres Jampton uh, incident against Sheffield last season. Or is it solely a job Kiefer has given you to try to benefit the team? Um, well, it's kind of funny. Kiefer did say to me after that, uh, I seemed more engaged when I was pissed off with everything. Um, but it, it, I think when I was younger in like the, the American Hockey League and the ECHL, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I really haven't done it as much, I guess, this season. But it, it's one of those things that, you know, like you live live by the spirit, you, you're going to die by the spirit. Like it comes with your consequences. Nice, nice choice of words there. I <laughs> That's the show title right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know what comes with it. Like prime example is my nose getting shattered by Robert Farmer because I was constantly doing that. Like you keep poking the bear, the bear's going to hit you. 
Yeah. So it it comes with its consequences. I don't think I'm as bad anymore, mainly because my fiance hates when I get into fights and stuff. So I think that's probably limited me a lot. If I'm going to be all that honest. One more from on Twitter from Keelan Daly. Um, Keelan asked, uh, from a player's perspective, what would you change about the Elite Ice Hockey League? Well, I, I think they've done a great job with addressing the the DOPS has done a much better job. Um, I would say the officiating. We like, we got to remember, and I, I'm probably the biggest critic with the officials too. Uh, there's a couple new ones that are over this year that are doing a great job communicating. I, I, and I think they are getting better. So uh, I know they're never going to get every single thing right, but I, I honestly do like the direction they're going with it all. And um, I, I find it's it's a very thankless job too for the officials. Like no no one's ever happy with them, ever. So when when you see guys like that who are who are really working their tail off to make it better uh, and to make it safer. Because if you if you really think about it, the safer the game is for that, the more high end talent players you're going to get over here, like the Patty Dwyer's and whatnot. If if it's not safe, guys don't want to come here. There's there's too much to be risked nowadays with concussions and stuff to have dirty plays like that around. Rudy, I know that you're one guy, especially over the summer and stuff. There, you were getting involved and. It maybe help spread a bit of knowledge and learning a bit yourself about concussions and that kind of thing. And, and we were talking just before we phoned you up about Swinney's fight on um, Sunday night and the instigator call and how it seems to be every single fight now is seeing one guy taking 2 plus 5 plus 10. You know, they're missing 17 minutes for every fight. How, how do the players kind of feel about that at the minute? You know, it's well, just, is, it, is it driving fight now the game? And it, is that okay because of the, the risk to players getting easily punched in the head honestly it is a great uh discussion i i don't think you can take fighting out of hockey i i think that'd be a terrible decision and i think you'd get more slashing and stuff like that that you just don't really want to see but i do find uh realizing the consequences if a guy does get concussed not just for ice hockey but like life is a lot bigger than we even know right now with all the knowledge that they do have like there's probably there's gonna be factors down the road where guys are gonna really struggle with certain things because of concussions. So it, it it's a scary thing. It really is. It's, uh, we're playing hockey for a couple of years here, and if you don't, if you're not smart with it, it could cost you down the line. Where when you have a family and kids and stuff. So it, it's one area that I I know the the leagues and everyone's trying to like make it aware, make it realize the people that like it's, it's bigger than just a sport now you know you know what i mean or just the game um it, it's one of those things i learned a lot more about it this summer when we did the, the ice hockey tour with stop concussions to raise awareness for it and um when i, I look at it now the the 17 minutes i i see the point of backing your teammate up but it, it does seem like even on clean hits there's a lot of fights even after a clean hit, like you could have a big hit and it always almost turns into a fight now, which I don't know really why, like it's hockey, you're going to get hit, but it, it definitely, it's no one's ever going to get mad at a guy for sticking up for a teammate. I, I, I just, you'd be crazy not to, but at times you, you really probably wouldn't want to lose one of your better players for 17 minutes for sticking up when you just, 
kind of had your head down, put yourself in a bad spot to get hit, if, if that makes sense. That's probably one of the, the more balanced arguments that you'll hear from a pro player. It's it's an interesting discussion. Um, really, if you don't mind, I, I want to take a walk just through your career. Um, we discussed before, you know, you, you've had a career that, that has involved a lot of silverware. You've won a lot of championships. Um, in fact, I was over in, in Florida at the start of the year with, with Danielle, and uh, we went to see the Everblades play, um, and I saw your, your championship banner um, there hanging, and, and I may or may not have seen a couple of, uh, of Rutherford jerseys knocking about the barn. Um, saw a couple of Kevin Rain ones too, but that's a different story. Um, do you have a, a favorite championship or something that whenever all this is over and you look back, one that will stand out in your memory as most special? I, I read an excellent article after your, I think it was your first Kelly Cup win um, of, of you and your mom, Tracy. Obviously, um, Kelly was your, your late father's name and there was an, a, a special tie there. Um, which kind of single championship when you look back will be the one for you? You know what? They, they, they all have different meanings in a sense. The Memorial Cup was such a big deal to win, and we broke it, which makes <laughs> That's a great video. <laughs> um, it's definitely worth looking up on YouTube if you ever get a chance that Spokane Chiefs break the Memorial Cup. Um, <laughs> that, that was cool. Winning in Florida was really nice because I believe that was the first time I'd ever won on home ice. So we'd always been away when I'd won championships. Uh not as big as a deal as, say, winning a league championship or whatever, but last year's one, to see what it meant to the people of Belfast was quite crazy to me. Um, it, it really brings up the point that it is just more than a hockey hockey game here. Um, yeah. And it, it it did, like, it, it, it was amazed me how much it meant to certain fans. And, like, we don't think about that when we're playing. We just we want to win in every single thing you do and never going into a game thinking like, Oh, whatever. If we lose, like, yeah, you want to go, you want to win 80 games, but it, it, it does. Uh, each one has a little bit of meaning, a little bit different, but I, I think like, it sounds so cliche, but like, as I say, it's the way Tom Brady talks about the, the next one's the one you want. And it, it, that's what drives you is just to see, when you have one loss, if you can find that next stage to want to get to it again, because it, it is not easy by any means. And I'm learning as hard as it is, how hard it is to win the league. And yeah. I, I was probably the first advocate on like, why do people care about winning the league? But the more and more I really think about it as I get older, uh, it does make more sense that it would be harder. So it should mean more. Yeah. So maybe maybe the NHL does have it backwards, if you really think about it. Um, but just because the way it's raised in North America, like y- you could take games off in November, and it wouldn't care as long as you're healthy come June, July when you're going for the cup. Mm-hmm. Where here, if you if you really have a bad weekend, that could that could screw you for your whole championship for the whole year. So it it, it is. Uh, it's crazy, but it, it's very difficult to try and play at 100% 80 games out of the year. I, I find that it there's nights where you're going into certain arenas and there's no one there. And you're just like, you get, this one counts just as much as when there's 12,000 people in Nottingham one night. Yeah. So it to, to me, getting back, if we could find a way to win a league championship, I think that would mean a lot more now that I know my career is really winding down. 
Rudy here, look, we've, we've, thank you for your time tonight. We've obviously taken up enough of it. We're going to throw you sort of half a dozen quick fire one word answer questions from the Twitter feed here. Just yeah. go for it. 30 seconds. First thing comes yeah. into your head. Favorite goal you've scored for the Belfast Giants? Oh, man. I don't know. I think we had, there, there was two probably last year against Cardiff that were like big games at home when we were still in the title race that I always think back to how I celebrated there. Like I was really fired up. So that may, maybe those, when we were in the title race there. One that springs back to me. You remember the Michigan goal and uh, was it Brayhead? Uh, Brayhead. I, I, was, I was thinking about that, but I think that was an exhibition game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was. I deserved a beat yeah. down for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Favourite dance player you've played with? I've learned so much through so many. Um, it's hard not to appreciate how smart Patty Dwyer is. He, he thinks the game in like another level. Uh, and even, even I probably get crap for saying this, but as Jimbo gets old, uh, he's, uh, he's been a special guy to be around and just learn from, easy to talk to. Um, it, it, you know who also flies really under the radar that I remember is Chris Beach. Beecher, yeah, great guy. Yeah. Okay, next one. Caps or cushions? <laughs> you know there what? it is. There's a there's a profit to be made in both people. <laughs> <laughs> so which so which one? I don't know. I do like my throw pillows. Yeah, <laughs> second that. And final question, Billy Jewel or Jewel Neal? <laughs> Jewel Neal. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> Fantastic. Listen, really, we really appreciate your time. Good luck this weekend. Two big week, two big games this weekend against the Nottingham Panthers and over to Cardiff to take on the Devils. But uh, thanks for your time, mate. Yeah, thank you, guys. And safe travels to anyone who uh, heads over to England this weekend. So disappointing result in the end, 4-1 to Belfast. What are your thoughts on that game? Well, it's a 2-1 hockey game. It's a 2-1 game. It's a 2-1 game. It's a 2-1 hockey game. But still, late in the third period, it's a 2-1 hockey game. 2-1, 2-1, 2-1 hockey game. We 2-1, 2-1, 2-1, 2-1, 2-1, 2-1 game. 2-1, game. It's a 2-1 game. Great stuff. Thanks, Doug. Right. Thanks again to Rudy. Right, as I said, we, we do have a few things to talk about. We will come back to talk about the Giants form. But before we do that, let's have a chat about the player of the month. One of the tightest competitions we've had yet on the player of the month competition. Um, yeah, it went well. The rule, It was a two-horse race in the end. In fourth place, Dustin Johnner, 7%. And in third place, Josh Roach with 9%. But the battle was between... Blair Riley and Tyler Besker Owani. And with, was it like two minutes to go? They were still level, Joe? Yeah, you were within the last five minutes. And I think they were both on, was it 42% each or something like that? I, I was fresh. Unbelievable. But the outcome was from 932 of your votes, Blair Riley had 41%. And Tyler Besker Owani was your player of the month for October, sponsored by Phonacab with 43% of the vote. And I spoke to him about it earlier this evening. Tyler Besker Owani, uh, congratulations. The Aviation the Bridge player of the month for October. 
Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Uh, we had uh, Blair Riley on last week, and it was a bit of a head-to-head battle in regards to the popular vote of you two going uh, going, going against each other. It was tight in the end, but uh, but you came on top. I know these sort of individual awards pale in significance in regards to what's going on with the team, but um, it was a great October, not just for yourself, but for the team as a whole. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think especially after the the month of September and uh, you know that last stretch that we had there, it uh, it, it really was wasn't good and to to come around in October and have you know go on the run that we did I think we lost one game in the entire month of of October so uh you know for just just having that and coming back and and playing well and getting the confidence back it was huge for everybody you know whether or not it was myself or or Blair or, or Rudy you know and the rest of the guys as well you know the D-man that are stepping up now that uh, maybe some people expected a little more from, and everybody's playing well now, so it's really good to see. You've seen that 14 wins out of the last 16 games was a phenomenal run for any team to be on. What is the key to having that consistency at the minute? Um, I, I think one of the biggest things is just good habits during practice. Um, I think we got away from it there a little bit, where we got a little, a little too. Uh, you know, a little too comfortable and, and we really started to turn things back around and, and practicing a little harder and, um, you know, take, not taking it more seriously, but uh, just, just putting a little more work into it. And uh, I think it really showed in games. Last weekend was three from three, six points, fantastic for the team. But, you know, you, you were speaking to us the other week, saying about, you know, speaking a lot with Kiefer going into the next game, whether you felt good to play the next game. You played all three at the weekend and a, and a, and a fantastic return for it. Yeah, um, it was it was a good weekend for, for myself and everybody. Um, me and Kiefer had, had talked going into the weekend on what the game plan was and, uh, you know, we we weren't too sure what how how Murph was feeling either. He, you know he um, he pulled up last week there, and and so um, I was going into the weekend thinking that I was playing um, all three games, and so um, you know I, I did what I had to do, and uh, now I'm getting my rest. Yep, big rest coming up because there's a there's a, a stern test coming up, a trip to the NIC, and then the first trip of the season against the uh, over to Cardiff, the Ice Arena Wales to take on the the reigning league champions, the Cardiff Devils. Uh, hard preparations going for those two games because they're going to be big ones. Yeah, I think uh, I think right now the rest rest is key, especially for you know we got a, a light practice today and um, you know a day off there on Wednesday, so. Um, and then we'll come back to work Thursday, Friday, and, and be ready for for Nottingham and uh, and Cardiff. But I think right now it's just one day at a time. Uh, focus on on the first game. We can't we can't jump ahead and think about uh, about the game on Sunday because Nottingham will come and you know they'll they'll bite us in in the ass. And, and so yeah. um, I think really preparation right now is is focusing on Nottingham, and um, we'll we'll focus on on Cardiff after that. One last question in regards to the the Player of the Month award. You know, up against Blair Riley, how good was it to take the win over him? I'm I'm just hoping it wasn't his vote that that made me win it. <laughs> he did say um, he voted for you, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he'd show me too. It was I thought it was pretty funny, but uh, no, yeah, it's um, you know it, uh, this this award is it goes to the entire team. I think any time a goalie wins an award, um, it goes to to the entire team and the, and the staff, and so. Um, yeah, 
Um, I, the way Riley's playing right now, I think he's a little mm-hmm. pissed off about it. And, <laughs> uh, he, he really wants to win it for the month of November, which is good. You know, I think a little competition brings out the best of everybody sometimes. So, um, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm obviously happy to have won it, but, um, at the same time, you know, he, he definitely deserved it. Well, don't sell yourself too short, but he's, he's, uh, he certainly started off well with a hat trick against the Glasgow clan. But listen, mate, thank you very much for your time and, uh, good luck this weekend. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks again. The best go. Uh, Davey, well deserved. You couldn't have argued with either, you know, the will of the people, my friend, the will of the people. Best goes, best goes numbers. I talked about them last week, 940 something, 943 across the whole of the month. How many, how many wins, 10 wins or something. Um, I, I I laugh when I see things like EIHL magazine, which is very well supported, by the way, in terms of numbers. Uh, uh, but you know, I think that I, that a guy from was it Coventry who played fourteen minutes in the Elite League last month uh, as 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 their goaltender of the and the pick of the bunch last month. You know, fourteen. He came in in relief of a I think Bounds. It was seven one or something. He came in. Um. Was that who it was, Thomas Murdy? You know, who, who, listen, this is not taking Thomas Murdy out. Fantastic British backup netminder, but he's came in in relief of Ben Bounds and a, and a thumping of Fife, and he's played 14 minutes in the Elite League, conceded one goal off six shots or five shots, so it's, you know, quickly 83%. Um, so, you know, in, in terms of that, I, I actually think that, you know, the... the well, we all know that the AVFTV Player of the Month is the big award, and and <laughs> but um, Besco, you you can't argue with his numbers, with his wins, his save percentage, goals against average cross. October was absolutely phenomenal. You know, it's the cliche that the defenses, goaltenders win championships or, or win games, and and forwards decide by how much. You know, and that was really the case through what's been a really great run since since those defeats at the at the tail end of September. So it's. Uh, as Blair Riley sort of magnanimously said last month, you know, Besco's going to get this more than once this season. So, uh, you know, he should, should have reversed off and let him have that one this month. But the people spoke. And when the people speak, as as we know in this country, when the people speak, <laughs> you always like a result, but you've got to go with it. The will of the people. Um, Joel... You said, you know, you were going to go down and rip that trophy out of Tyler Beskrow in his hands and put it into Joel, into St. Joel Neal's hands, into Blair Riley's hands after his hat trick. Riley's had a phenomenal October, continues to be in phenomenal form, but the people have chosen, and I think, you know, fairly so, they've chosen yeah. Tyler Beskrow, I, I have to respect the democratic process here, but. Honestly, this one hurts for me, uh, and I know Davy's <laughs> been chirping back at me ever since because obviously everything I've talked about Blair Riley doing has been in November. So, I mean, that's the silver lining on this cloud for me. You know, it could very well be his next month. Um, it would have just been a very satisfying bookend on the sort of start of Blair Riley's season. Um, he obviously had his troubles with injury and whatever else and on a, a slow preseason. He got his fair share of stick from, from kind of various quarters and um, to have sort of silenced those critics and, and continue to be lights out and continue to provide that kind of exemplary leadership on top of, of point scoring yeah. and for me you know Besco is a shout for probably any month of the season but look I, I can't uh, deny that, that he, he's a deserving winner it just would have been a better narrative for me and I would have enjoyed a Blair Riley win more but that's not to say it won't come Congratulations as I said to Tyler Besco on winning October's 
Player of the Month Award sponsored by Phonacab. Thanks to everybody who voted, all 932 of you who cast your vote and to those who nominated. We'll be back with another Player of the Award a Month Player of the Month Award. Player of the Award a Month. Well done. <laughs> I've not even opened this beer yet. Uh, Player of the Month Award at the end of November. Uh, speaking of which, ta-da! Going to open nice. beer now. Because it is oh, satisfying. That was satisfying. This is a lovely Jaipur from Thornbridge Brewery in Bakewell. If you've never been to Bakewell, lovely place. Do them on Soul Trail. It's great. But I got this from beer52.com. It's the UK's number one craft beer delivery service. If you if you like your craft beers, if you like trying some new beers, if you like some new lagers, some new stouts, new porters, they're the people to go to. And like I say, this lovely Jaipur, which is actually one of my favourites, uh, you could get from them. You can just go to beer52.com forward slash AVFTB and the first case of beer is free. Thanks to beer52.com for the support and thanks to you guys for supporting them and therefore supporting us in what we do. Um, Around the league, uh, let's see, what have we got and what do we not have? I'll tell you what we don't have. We don't have any of that. No dops this week. Nothing. But at least a time of uh, a time of recording. There doesn't seem to be anything. So we'll move on. A couple of personnel changes. Um, Dominic Florin has come in at Coventry. A guy from the NCAA. They're trying to bolster their ranks at the minute. Um, they also had a bit of an injury to their goalkeeper. What's their goalkeeper's name? Um, bear with me. Bear with me. Bear with me. Who's goalie? Sorry, Coventry's. <coughs> Miroslav Kopriva, he only played 10 minutes in the game against the Cardiff Devils, which we'll come to in a second. Um, he was replaced by Jordan Headley. We'll, as I say, we'll talk about that in a moment. But um, that's forced Mika Wigman Mika Wigman to come back from injury maybe a bit too sooner than he had hoped and step in between the pipes. But Coventry are starting to get um, a bit of wind in their sails, and they brought in Dominic Florin there. Uh, Sheffield are starting to continue, are continuing their their Tom Brasso rebuild, and they've brought in Anthony DeLuca from the LNAH. Uh, he also has a bit of time in Denmark. Um, Davy, regards to Sheffield, it is a bit of a, a bit of a rebuild going on. Yeah, there's 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 bodies going out all over the place. I, I had a chat with uh, Simsy there last week when he was saying about uh, the Steelers knowing about how to clear a bench, and he's just not half me to see the, see where your bench started this season, where it is now, you know. But, uh, <laughs> Barrasso definitely has a plan. Um, it's clear they're they're a little bit better. They're becoming a little bit better of a hockey team every week, and uh, you know that that bodes badly for the rest of the league because you know you would expect uh, someone of the quality of Tom Barrasso to come in and put the jigsaw pieces in the in the right places and, and strengthen them up for sure. Joe, when players are coming in at this stage of the season, you can you, you don't exactly know what you're going to get. Yeah, that's it. And and that's been the case if you look back kind of down the, the giant seasons as well. Um if you go way back uh, to guys like ah uh, what did you call him? Kevin Westgarth. Uh, <laughs> not not quite Kevin Westgarth. Uh who was the guy that came us on the championship year late on twenty twelve? Uh to Simon Lambert, Simon Lambert in, in twenty eleven twelve came in and Lambert, was light Lambert. for us. Um oh, <laughs> obviously the, the late great Casper's Astasenko was a late pickup as well yeah. um and the season before that. Uh, and also even more recently, uh Leduc, Jerome Leduc, whenever he came in. So you do have the the prospect of having that 
player that comes in, but it's definitely difficult. You know, you're you're up against it. We, we were kind of flying fairly high in, in, in each of those seasons, and we were in with a shout whenever those guys came in. Sheffield right now are in a tough spot. So, you know, it, it, you just never know what young guys like that will do to a lineup. Um, if you look at Florian, you know, um, sorry, not Florian. If you look at Deluca coming into Sheffield, um, he's 23. He has a major junior title. Um, he's sort of, uh, I'd say, unproven, still quite young, but he looks to be a sort of playmaking winger. And he could be just that kind of mid-ice spark that they need. It's, it's hard to tell. Um, but listen, a roll of the dice is better than, than not rolling it at all and sticking with what you have. So um, time will tell, as they say. Davey, uh, Jerome LeDuc, what a player. I really like the Duke, and and we we got asked about um, we got asked about what players we would have back there. Do you remember several weeks ago, mm-hmm. six or you know what, what? If you could change, wasn't it a Twitter question? If you could change one player, or you could bring one player, yeah, one bring one back. Hand back. And I think man was uh, Laroc Jerome LeDuc, fourteen games, six goals, eight assists. You know he had a wee bit of everything. He was special on the power play. You know he really was. I think. Um, I, I stand to be corrected on this, but I have a notion that I could be wrong. I think there's a stack coming. There's not. No stack. Ah. It's wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> Statistically but, speaking, that's quite disappointing. Well, statistically speaking, to know that he got six plus eight or fourteen games isn't bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm sure Shane, you were talking about Simon Lambert. Butler, you'll be able to tell me what his numbers were. Yeah, I played a few games, scored a few goals, mate. Um, decent, you know, decent guy. <laughs> yeah, no. games, 15 goals 27 assists good for 42 points statistically yeah. speaking you, i think you're right there yeah i'll, I'll confirm that but but you know his gloves his mitts were glued on no fighting majors so. <laughs> <laughs> no good for me. Stat- <laughs> um have a look at some of the uh a couple of interesting results first of all Sheffield, uh, we'll stick with them. They scraped a controversial overtime win on TV, David. Yes, Barry. Let's be honest. The Blades or the Sheffield Steelers got away with one there. That was a clear trip, absolute stonewall penalty to um, the Comedy Blades, and, and how things changed so quickly. Instead of uh, you know the puck going 180 feet to the other circles at the top end of the ice. The, the, the pressure sticks on them and they come up with a goal and, they, and then go and win it in three on three overtime. But, you know, that's that's one that the referees will want back. Unfortunately, they can't get it back. And at these fine margins that such a professional league is is um, falling and rising on, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things. Those, those two, that extra point for the Sheffield Steelers, in fact, those two extra points for the Sheffield Steelers could be crucial to them and, and, the, two, and, and the point that the, the Coventry players lost. Could be crucial to them, so it's 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 not something you like to see a, a real glaring mistake like that. I think the officials on the night wants to see that back on TV. It'll be like, oh, but uh, yeah, as was talked about there a few minutes ago, the Steelers are starting to. Uh, although in that game, at the same time, I, I think I seen somebody on Twitter as well saying, you know, okay, they've came away with a two-one win against Coventry, but if you know if the likes of Cardiff Devils that had them that night, the amount of odd man rushes they give up across that game, six, seven, eight, easy. I'm sure odd man rushes. You know, they get punished against a team that's maybe a wee bit more clinical in front of the net than Danny Stewart's team. Ben O'Connor with the game-winning goal was in, in overtime of that on his return. 
don't know if you heard that he'd returned to Sheffield. It was a bit of nope. a rumor going around, but back, yeah, back, back when he was in Kazakhstan. Still. No, no, back, back, back in the game, back in the game. No, Ben O'Connor's back. Ben O'Connor's back in the UK. Yeah, I, just, I, like I didn't see that on Twitter. That's really weird. It's 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 new news. New news surprised oh. me. Um, the other interesting results, well, quite shocking results, I think, um, were the two losses by the Cardiff Devils over the weekend. Most notably, sticking with the Coventry Blaze, we did talk earlier about how Cardiff was taken out of the game in Cardiff. Eight, after eight minutes, a bit of a come together with his own D-man. In steps Jordan Headley, it's, uh, and he takes the win, Joel. Yeah, look, a, a general point on this, uh, obviously fantastically. And was that the, the game, uh, I see just down in your notes, Paddy, the, the 100th game at Ice Arena Wales? Was, was that yes. the 100th? Yeah. I mean, great for him to kind of make a big mark uh, just on, on such an occasion for the home team. See, it's just as a general point, as, as a fan of, of a different club, um, I'm getting really tired of giving... Cardiff this kind of respect and, and revering them constantly they're a team that are beatable just like the rest of us um, and just like Belfast on any given night um, the, the the attitude for me and, and the sort of uh, it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to be successful uh, they're, they're a little bit too big for their boots at the minute and I really enjoyed seeing them getting taken down a peg or two the, the thing about a dynasty or, or a team that rolls and, and wins a couple of trophies in a couple of years is that sooner or later the other teams in the league are going to catch up with you it's a cyclical sport and i just hope that we're seeing the the very beginning of the kind of chinks in the armor of the cardiff devils um i'm absolutely tired I, whenever they first won it i i tip my hat to guys like fr- friends of mine from over there and guys like we sean guys like uh lurgan's finest garant walters you know th- they'd stuck out the bad <laughs> yeah giants fan gary walters they stuck out those bad years i i used to have beers with them in, in the big blue tent and uh whenever brent pope was on the bench wearing his silly hats and, and the, the team was a laughing stock the hat in the hat save that one for he's got no mates he's got no mates uh, that's my favorite chant of all time, but that's that's a different story. Um, I just uh, at the start of the at the start of all of that, I was pleased for those boys because they'd weathered the storm. They they put up with so much dross and had to watch so much crap to their club. And and fair play, they won the title. They did well. I am now completely sick of the fact that they think they're the greatest hockey team on the planet. There are some absolutely ludicrous takes coming out of Wales, they and I cannot against the, um, the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait until somebody absolutely upends them. I enjoy drinking all their beer after we took the Challenge Cup in their barn last season and this is my formal notice, I'm handing it in right now that I am done with giving the Cardiff Devils any kind of respect, foot on throat let's go. Now you're talking Davey, we'll cover this a little bit now the Cardiff Devils did go on to face defeat to the Nottingham Panthers the following night at the NIC in a tight game but a win for the Nottingham Panthers nonetheless, Uh, two games against both for us this weekend do we show them the respect or do we go for it? Um, I think you just have to take care of your own game. Um, and, and hockey, I think at the minute, the way we're playing, we just have to keep stick to our process and stick to doing what we're doing and, and trying to come out fast. fast. You know, um, We'll worry about Sunday and Sunday. We'll see what gas we've got left. We, we've got to go to um, the NIC and put on a big performance. You know, we, We're just slightly ahead in the in the season um, games against the, the Panthers and we'll want to stay there. You know, this for me is, is always the big game is going to Nottingham, Nottingham coming to us. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll worry about Cardiff on Sunday. Uh, 
Challenge Cup quarterfinal draw took place this afternoon <laughs> at 12 o'clock. And those that were lucky enough to see it will please, never... Paddy, please, give us a rundown this, because there, I, I feel like very few people saw this. Those that I saw... So those that were lucky enough to see it witnessed something that was... Well, I think you were absolutely right, Joel. The bar was already set by a, by uh, Seth Bennett when I and and Brandon Benedict when a pool ball was pulled out of a bag with Kadian Pucks. Now, when the bar is set there, and then you have one of one of the most awkward periods of around five ten minutes. First of all, it started late. Then the camera wasn't working. The interviews were a bit awkward. Gary Moran looked disappointed that he had to draw the Manchester Storm when he really wanted a payday against the Sheffield Steelers. All around, it just was clunky and, eh, you know, um, it, entertaining. I'm actually really disappointed that the Elite League have deleted it from their um, from their <laughs> It's got to be know, out there somewhere. It's got to be. The, the, you know, it's got to be out. Somebody must have it. It was, it was, it was comedy entertainment, and it was right up there, as I said, with the um, with the EIHL Scottish Cup ransom demand video with Craig Anderson at the front setting out his criteria for the ransom and what he wants. Um, it was right up. Anyway, the the outcome of it was, of course, Belfast Giants had the first pick. Uh, of their opponent for the Challenge Cup. They picked, unsurprisingly, they picked the Dundee Stars. The dates of that for, I don't, I don't think the dates, I'm just looking around at my phone. Yeah, the, the dates are out. Oh, the dates out, Davey? What think, are they? I think, now I'm, I'm really, really just off the top of my head. I think it's the 28th of November in the DIA and the 11th of December, which I think is a Tuesday in the SS Arena, East Belfast. He's got uh, it. That's right. That's absolutely right. Well done. You're right. Twentieth of November in Dundee and eleventh of December, seven PM in Belfast. The other quarterfinals, Cardiff chose the Glasgow clan. Nottingham chose, as I said, the Manchester Storm, must to the chagrin of Gary Moran. And Sheffield will face the Guildford Flames. Um and that's about it. Let's say let's move, oh well uh, any any comment on those matchup gents? I would have taken Cardiff. Foot on throat, let's go. You weren't allowed to though. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> Wasn't the criteria. What do you think of this, Davy? What do you think of this choosing your own opponent thing? Well it's just, it's kind of the second I, I I'm still not exactly sure how the was worked out either, but um No, I don't know how the seasons worked. Um, because we had a pretty similar, unless it came from last season, you know, we'd be a top seed because we were winners and Cardiff would have been second because they were runners up. But I find that to be a fanciful way of of working anything out. You know, we both had very similar or identical, actually, um, wins, regulation wins and stuff through the uh, playoff. I'm I'm looking at the website right now and it has us um, group position one, group point eight, Cardiff, group position one, group point six. That would be the divider. It would have been, but that's not correct. Is it not? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you've got me. You've got me doubting myself now, Paddy. And uh, that's never right. You might just have to pause this a wee second. I get the stand. I'm not stat man. I'm the stat man. I'm the stat Okay, it's going to fade out. Oh, Q David. I don't know how they've worked that out because we had 10 points and the Cardiff Devils also had 10 points. Unless 
make doctor the points from the fa- from the the from the, the last place eliminated. Bottom. But then, what happens to the three team group? We All three of them went through. Yeah, let's not let's not debate it, right? Let's not debate it. The elite league set the bar quite low when it comes to <laughs> the doing innovative things. So you know, this is it's the it's been the process the last two seasons. Yeah, we were. It's great we were able to pick because if we had a pick second. Who would we have picked? So, you know, we, we've got the choice of teams. We picked on these stars who, ironically, finished second in our group. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll end up playing the same team four times um, by the quarterfinal stages of the competition. So um, hopefully we can come away with the, the win over the two legs and uh, get ourselves into the final four. Absolutely. At which point we'll still be the top seed. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Um, we've already talked about the games this weekend briefly. The games are Nottingham away on Saturday, 7 p.m. in Elite League competition. No webcast there, of course. Keep an eye on at AVFTB on Twitter. We'll, give, we'll point you in the direction of the updates. And away at Cardiff, 6 p.m. on Sunday. There is a webcast, of course, from Ice Time TV. Dave, are you popping along this one? I'm hoping to be Paddy. I I can't say a hundred percent because it's remembering Sunday. There's a little Absolutely. thing going on in the local community here that I would like children to. So I'll I'll just have to to play that one by year. I'd like obviously like the Woodley game, but um, sometimes just life gets in the way. Yeah, hundred percent correct. Uh, but yes, they're two tough games. Uh, Joel, I'll give you your say. You two tough. Davies had his Nottingham and Cardiff away. Your thoughts? Yeah, look, it's. Uh... Uh, Adam Keith's mantra that you mentioned in, in the interview there, way back from Poland, is, is kind of circling my head here. Um, my cat's playing with toys at my feet, by the way. Sorry if you hear any kind of light jingling going on. <laughs> it's just me and her this week. Um, but yeah, the, the find a way mantra. F- find a way. Uh, go in, work your systems, play with that same grit that we saw in Scotland. You know, um, Ram it up their throats. Play high. Uh, be that kind of pest buzzing around the goal, just like what we talked about with, with David Rutherford. You know, he was in each of the corners and just being a hassle to, to netminders. I don't care how we do it, as long as we find a way and go in and give every gear that we've got, um, I, I, I'm going to come away happy. You know, we have a lot of points tucked in our back pockets from this road trip already. It's not an easy ask, all joking aside, um, to go from Nottingham into Cardiff and, and they're, they're two-time champs for a reason. So, um I can't ask for much other than just complete buy-in and complete commitment, and that's what we've been seeing for the past few weeks. So, absolutely, yeah. Like I said, Nottingham away, seven p.m. on Saturday. No webcast. Cardiff away, six p.m. on Sunday. Ice Time TV. Keep an eye on AVFTV on Twitter. We'll give you as many updates and point you in the right direction as we can. And for those who are avid podcast listeners and are keeping score, absolutely, you are correct. The lovely Mrs. Neil is away on another jolly Vegas. Is it this time? Now? <laughs> she tells me she is working flat yeah, out. Of course, yes. In Las Vegas, Nevada, of all places. Was it, la- when was it last time? I think it was. Uh, it was it. I think it was Vegas again, was it not? Oh, she was in Germany. She was Germany. in Germany, oh, yeah. working yeah. real hard. I, I, I don't know. I'm, last time I looked, there's offices and boardrooms in Belfast, so yes. I don't know what's going on out there. Do you know what? As long as she comes back at the end of it, I'm happy enough. <laughs> I get sent to Whitehaven in Cumbria. She gets sent to Vegas. <laughs> Give me a Life's not fair, man. Any Life's other not... any other business chats? Just listen, just this kind of similar day nine. Um, we said this last week. Just a little get well soon to. Um, Mm-hmm. <laughs> the wee Blakey still holed up in the hospital there and uh, of course our thoughts are with you and all the family hope you get well soon kiddo here here yeah. 
um, I had that scribbled down as well. And um, shout out to Blake. You know, they had to to postpone the the kind of Scottish road trip and and a few kind of away days. And and Blakey lives for his hockey. So does Pixie, and, and so does their mum and dad. So mm-hmm. hope he's back fighting fit very soon. Um, the only other thing, I, other thing I've got is that as part of Stephen Murphy's testimonial celebrations, there is a calendar launch at the cookery store in Victoria Square this Thursday evening, uh, the eighth of November, from seven o'clock. Um, and we're going to be having a chat to Murph himself, Adam Keith, Tyler Beskarwani, Paul Swindlehurst. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to be there, but don't that put you off uh, coming down and asking some questions and having the crack. Of course, a view from the bridge sponsoring uh, November, and I believe Tyler Beskarwani. So uh, there's a wee bit of trivia for you, Joe. Nice. Nice. And uh, of course, it is being presented by The Real Deal, Joel Neal. The... <laughs> I tell you what, you're getting all the good gigs. Um, you really did miss me, I can tell. The, uh, the, I wasn't able to use ones like this. Oh, baby! But I can use ones like this. Yeah! Hope you're having a good holiday, sis. Um, <laughs> thanks to everybody for their interaction on Twitter. Thanks to Rudy and to Tyler Beskarwani for their time. Um, you can get us on Twitter at AVFTB and on Facebook. Just search for Reviews from the Bridge. And you can find us on Kingdom of the Giants Dot com. Like I said, the games this weekend, away to the Nottingham Panthers, Saturday at 7pm, and away to the Cardiff Devils, Sunday at 6pm. These are the last two away games before we're back, and next week we'll be talking all about the IIHF Continental Cup. That'll be an interesting discussion next week, and um, we'll maybe hopefully be confirming something about a view from the bridge late night. that was right into my headphones I didn't like that (laughs) Uh, Joel, Davey, thank you very much see you lads, cheers, cheers thank you very much and wherever you are this weekend we hope you enjoy your hockey especially if you're travelling to Nottingham and Cardiff and we'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge Podcast Network.